0: Hi everyone, I'm Molly Carr, and this is The Wedding Destination, a podcast for couples and creatives where we discuss all things destination weddings. As a destination wedding photographer, I have traveled the world and had the opportunity to work in some of the most beautiful places imaginable with some of the best and most inspiring wedding industry creatives out there. Whether you are a bride or groom planning your destination wedding, or a wedding industry creative hoping to grow your business, welcome and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As you listen to today's episode, we would love to see where you are and what you're up to. Snap a photo and be sure to tag us at Wedding Destination Podcast. welcome everyone i'm so happy that you're here and that you're tuning into a conversation that i have been so looking forward to sharing with you all caleb of caleb norman james joins me today and after following his incredible work for years i finally had the opportunity to collaborate with him on two beautiful weddings and editorials in france and we've been friends ever since Caleb is the owner of Caleb Norman James, a full-service destination wedding, design, and floristry firm who specializes in luxury events for discerning couples on the West Coast, Northeast, and in Europe. He is known for his immaculate sense of style, and his work has been featured everywhere from People Magazines to Brides to Martha Stewart Weddings. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to The Wedding Destination.
1: Thank you. I am so happy to be here. This is so fun.
0: Oh, it's fabulous to have you here, Caleb. You have such a sophisticated and distinctive sense of style and your personality, your passion for what you do, and just your overall kindness and sense of humor are so incredibly inspiring. And I'm really looking forward to our listeners getting to know you. So before we dive into all things weddings, can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start?
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for such a lovely and kind introduction. I'm I'm honored, um, and so just so happy to be to be honest with you. I've loved following your work for so long, and then finally getting to work together um, in Europe of all places to start was like such a dream. And you're even more wonderful in person than I would have guessed. You're you're such a dream. So thank you thank for having you. me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how I got my start. So I've actually got my start first and foremost in floral design. Um, that was kind of my introduction into the event world. We I had uh, close family friends growing up that had an event design company that primarily did corporate events. Um, being from Seattle, Microsoft is here, Amazon is here, Nordstrom is here. So there was a lot of opportunity for like corporate work like you know this was pre-covid back when like corporations did like massive big gatherings and so with a family friend having a company doing that all through high school it was kind of my like first job was was helping um this family friend and I was obsessed it was so it was such hard work but it was so much fun that like it didn't even feel, it didn't feel like work, like going to the flower market at 4am and, you know, schlepping buckets and kind of all of the grunt labor work that like a high school boy would be there to, to do. I was like, give me more of it. I, I'll take it. And so that was definitely my introduction into the world of events. Um, the gal that started the company would get asked about weddings often and did them sometimes but like I kind of got my first taste of designing a wedding through her. And I think she saw that I really gravitated toward that side of events rather than kind of the corporate installation side of things. It was so personal. It was so um, specific and it was so, so creative. And I loved the marriage, no pun intended, of the really relational side of what wedding planning and wedding design did compared to the corporate side. Corporate side, it was like, make it easy, make it experiential, make it pretty and get paid. And this was never to me like about a paycheck. And so I loved that the wedding experience, wedding design experience I had with her was always more relational. I got to know who the client was and that got me started. And uh, initially I didn't think of it as a career. I thought like, oh, I'll I'll go to school. I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to travel the world and design hotels. So that was my initial start and I started going to school for that. And I was like, this is so boring. This has no uh, relational connection, very limited creative connection. And I was like, I think I gotta go back to events. And I mean, if there was an option of being like a wedding architect, I would say that would be my like perfect combination. So always striving for for that combo. But that's that's how I got started. Literally I was 14 when I did my started doing events technically, a little under the table. But uh <laughs> it was so fun.
0: That's incredible. And it's amazing that really for your entire career you have been on this creative pursuit and working in events. And I mean, knowing you, I totally get the architect for international (laughs) luxury hotels too. And I think, I mean, Uh, I'm sure that's where, you know, destination weddings really come into play for you and that it brings together the travel and the experiential um, side of weddings. So when you really transitioned to, working in weddings and to founding Caleb Norman James, were there any big breaks along the way, any big events or shoots or, you know, just kind of what has taken you from starting in weddings to where you are today?
1: Totally. So I remember there's two instances that actually kind of happened at the same property. Uh, So I'm from Seattle and about three hours north of here is this beautiful like yachting resort, basically, that's like, everybody takes their sailboats, other yachts up, up up to it. It's like kind of on the Canadian border, pretty much. And I got a wedding up there early on in my career. And I had no idea what I was doing, but like blindly said yes to taking this on. Like, I was 21 doing this wedding. So I was like, totally Didn't even realize it was three hours away. Didn't realize I needed to get a hotel overnight until like the week before, blah, blah, blah. Um, But we did this wedding and I installed these red crystal chandeliers in the property, which today I look at them and I was like, what was I thinking? But that was another time. And um, the venue manager loved these red crystal chandeliers. And I say that I owe a lot of my career to these hideous chandeliers because it built this connection with this property that was doing a lot of the highest end weddings kind of in the washington northwest area and she loved them we like bonded over them and i was from that wedding on getting like constant referrals from this property and that like a year and a half later opened up the first wedding That I did like the full service experience with. So I went from just being, you know, florist and designer to a client basically coming to me with the largest budget to that point I'd ever been asked to do a wedding for and saying, Hey, we really like your style. We hear great things from the venue. Would you be willing to just do everything the planning, the coordination, the design, the floral, just like run the show? And I was like, Yeah, why not? Like, And this is where maybe like irrational confidence for the first time really did me a favor. Um, But I, while I was in school, did some corporate event work separate from what I mentioned earlier for Microsoft, nothing creative, nothing design, just like coordination work. So I had a decent level of experience planning and coordinating very different, but events uh, with them. So I was like, you know, I could probably combine the two experiences. i am very type A, I could figure this out. Literally went home, Googled, how do you coordinate a ceremony? Probably shouldn't have said that, but I was like, yeah, let's do it. And um, this wedding was so much fun. Like uh, Pearl Jam did like a live acoustic set for the wedding. Like it was like this whole thing that largely, I think the cl- client was amazing and beautiful. The, we transformed the venue, and having Pearl Jam do this like live set kind of created, I think a a big opportunity and kind of gave me this platform that I went from being absolutely nobody in the Seattle wedding industry to then being that wedding being in like a bunch of different local magazines and on like a couple different blogs and people like lost their mind over it and from that moment on we. I think that year I did eight weddings. The following year we booked 38. So it like, and that, you know, it's all relatively local work at that point. But um, yeah, that wedding was like a defining moment where I feel like, okay, things started pivoting. And I felt like I kind of skipped a few years of like, you know, the entry level work to just kind of having this big wedding, being in magazines, kind of coming out of the gates, guns blazing. And it is definitely a defining moment. I feel like in my career path and things just kind of like right place, right time. And, uh, yeah, I owe a lot to that wedding.
0: That is absolutely incredible. So you are 22, you were 22 years old, 22, and you are executing a full service wedding where you are doing everything from the design to the logistics to the coordination to floral styling. That is, and working with Pearl Jam. That is yeah. an amazing story. And honestly, yeah. I mean, it seems like just because you had the confidence to say yes and figure it out along the way, which is, I mean, really, I think what that probably sets you apart. And I mean, I think even for a lot of established planners, they might look at someone like you that is doing floral and styling and things that aren't necessarily always in the scope of just what a wedding planner does. And even I think can find that really daunting to be undertaking this whole different side of the business. And that's, that's just incredible. I mean, I think that's really so inspiring too, that you took that chance and you just knew that you'd be able to create an amazing experience that you put everything you had into it and pulled together a great team of people. And then yeah. you had 38 weddings at age <laughs> was, mad, <laughs> at I age
1: 23. was 30, 23 at that point. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was, it was crazy. I remember like doing weddings where I was just doing the floral and design and being like, okay I can make a wedding beautiful but like no one's running the show like the timeline was like we weren't getting timelines like the day of everything was like really chaotic and I just remember being like I don't want my clients who I built this great relationship with to have a beautiful but like chaotic wedding like and I remember being like I could totally like telling one of my like team members at the time like, we could totally do this like we could do all of this and so that wedding uh with Pearl Jam was definitely like maybe a scary time to take a trial run but like I think I was just like young enough maybe naive enough to do it and I remember like during the day like the whole day being like okay are we doing a good job like I don't have a lot to compare this to you know I think things are going smoothly and at the end of the night um, Eddie Vedder came up to me who obviously front man of Pearl Jam and he did this like incredible acoustic set for when they did the first dance. And I was like talking to him beforehand, kind of queuing him up. And at the end of the night, he came up to me. and He, he grabs my face with like both hands and he goes with a few expletives wo- woven through, he goes, you killed it tonight. And like, they, like, then he went like forehead to forehead with me and just like stood there and then just walked away. And I was like, Oh, like, I think we did a good job. Like, I think we did all right. So that will live on forever. Like that was a defining moment for sure.
0: Wow, that is absolutely incredible. I mean, you got the affirmation from <laughs> <laughs> from Pearl Jam. Okay. That is, that's just absolutely fantastic. And you know, I think that for a lot of people a really inspiring story because I think at some point in everyone's career, you get that opportunity where you think, I am so out of my league. Totally. And part of, and part of you might say, well, you know, it maybe it's the better thing to do to respectfully decline this because I don't think I'm ready. But I mean, you knew that with enough work that you put into it with pulling together an amazing team i'm sure it probably took you so much longer to plan this wedding than what you spend now because you're having to google how do i plan (laughs) a ceremony so i mean but that you knew that you'd be able to do it you had the confidence in yourself at that young age i think is just really remarkable and i think that That clearly is why you are where you are today. And I mean, with that, so I know that you really got your start out on the West Coast. And since then, you have planned and designed, designed events from Napa Valley to Anguilla, Rhode Island, France. So I am curious, how do you approach your wedding planning and design process given that every couple and venue you work in is so unique and distinctive?
1: Absolutely. I actually think that that's one of my favorite parts of the job. I think if I had a job that was really monotonous, I'd lose my mind a little bit. And so I think inspiration comes first and foremost from the variety of the places that we get to go. Uh, People ask me all the time like, oh, would you wanna open a, a venue or have your own space? And honestly, that sounds terrible to me because if I'm at the same property for every wedding, like I get so boring. And so I think my goal was always to do destination events. And so getting to do a new location and a new couple for every wedding, like that is the inspiration in and of itself and we strive to always have an ev- the design for an event feel authentic to the property that we're at um I, I remember we had this one client that had a beautiful wedding in mexico and the but the wedding was originally um in the northwest and when we changed properties they were like okay can we just keep the design exactly the same and we were doing like like hydrangea, like very like preppy vibes. And I was like, I really want to honor your vision, but we're in Mexico. Like it needs to be like the local experience dialed into the property where we're at. Otherwise it'll feel inauthentic. And I think weaving that into our events is so important to me. You know, as a florist, I want to work with product that feels natural that feels indicative of where we're at not exclusively but you know I'm probably not going to go to the Caribbean and do a wedding in Anguilla and work with flowers that you know don't have some level of tropical inspiration you know not again not exclusively but I always want there to feel like where we are feels um, embraced and feels like we're bringing in the local community the local culture and um, I think that continues to be inspiration in and of itself and forever and always architecture is a huge part of what inspires me you know if I walk into a space that has um, a beautiful architectural backdrop or whatever it may be that like opens the door for you know inspiration for me because I'm immediately I feel a sense of connection and a sense of um, like an understanding of the space Um, and that oftentimes seeing the spaces in person, I I feel really fortunate enough that I can walk into a space and generally be like, oh, I know exactly how this has to be set up. Like we need that there, we need that there. Like I don't tend to take a lot of time to have to develop a sense of layout or a sense of space. And I think some of that has to do with my architectural training. Um, but that is just immediately that kind of inspiration and in that process begins from the moment, you know, whether we're selecting a venue um, with our clients or they come to us with a space already in mind. Um, I love that. And more often than not, to make sure it's A authentic and be strategically sound, we bring in local a local liaison of some kind, whether that's a local florist to join our team or a local planner, to kind of act as a um, local contact. Um, sometimes they're involved in the event itself. Sometimes they're just used as kind of uh, a consultant. But I think to me, like, I can do a million hours of research, you know, on Google, and I can probably learn a lot of stuff. But having somebody that's like boots on the ground, knows the um, knows the right people, knows the um, terrain, that makes, world of difference and we always require a site visit with our clients in advance of the wedding just because that opens so many so many more doors and opens my eyes so much further to what the experience can be and i want it to be the absolute best we can make it so all of those factors play together to kind of create these um, experiences that are local and are unique and feel really intentional and thought out of whether we're in a vineyard or we're at a resort or we're at a villa or we're building the space from the ground up at you know a private residence like all of those come together to kind of create that perfect mixing bowl of what brings a wedding together no matter the location
0: That's incredible. And I mean, I think you gave so many good pieces of advice too for planners that are thinking about maybe getting into destination weddings. I mean, hiring that local liaison that you said that, yes, absolute game changer. I mean, when you're dealing with different culture, different language, different time zone, different way of conducting business. I mean, I always think about weddings in Europe where, you know, the whole month of August you have to pretty much acknowledge that nobody will respond to any email text or phone call so there are so many things like that that I think if you are a newer planner or you're thinking about getting into planning destination weddings that you don't want to have to figure that out on the fly you want to make sure that you have somebody that can be your subject matter expert to really let you do the things that you are good at and I mean for you it sounds like so much of that you also have just a really instinctual feel too when you're entering a space and when you're thinking about ways to kind of bring your signature feel but make it feel incredibly thoughtful and intentional and local and i think also even how you require an advanced site visit so so important. So I mean, I think those are all such great pieces of advice. So when somebody let's say they bring you on right after they get engaged. And yeah. at that point, there is no venue yet. They know yeah. they want to have a destination wedding, but really the sky's the limit. They're open to anywhere. How do you kind of guide them through that process going from the you know venue selection to thinking about design to ultimately hiring their creative team?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think... When we're in that scenario where basically like, hey, we're hitting literally ground zero, nothing's sorted out. Um, I, first of all, love that. It's so exciting and so fun because, you know, at that point, the sky's the limit. I spend a lot of time trying to get to know who they are outside of bride and groom and who they are as, you know, or groom and groom, bride and bride, um, and who they are as individuals because so often that dictates... The, like perfect location you know what are their favorite types of food what are their favorite activities where do they love to vacation learning all of those scenarios I think open a lot of doors that I think will make the wedding even though they're not wedding related will make the wedding feel that much more authentically them because I can recommend pretty places like you know if somebody comes to me and they're like oh I want to get married in the mountains Sure, I have like five or six places off the top of my head that I can think of that are pretty, but what I want get, like the guest experience to be is to walk in and be like, oh my God, this is so, fill in the blank here, like this is so them, this is so authentic, like this just screams whatever their names are, and I strive for that. And so I think who, learning who they are is essential, you know, what do they do for work, what like fashion brands are they into? Like, what are their favorite restaurants? Like, again, where do they vacation? What cocktail do they drink? Like all of these small things play such a huge role into to help me helping um, figure out the best spot for them. I feel like more often than not, like clients do come to me and they at least have something specific. Like I said, whether it's like the mountains or they want to get married, they'll be like, oh, we want to get married in Italy. You know, and obviously- I love it for when it's like a France or Italy destination. I'm like, yes, but um, it's so often, you know, these days it's like more and more all over the place. And so usually there's some level of inspiration where they'll give like, Hey, we're considering tropical or we're, we're considering Europe, you know? And it's like, let's look at all of the various iterations there. But um, yeah, I love just knowing who they are as people. Like if we were just planning a party, if we were just, Doing something unwedding related, what would that be? And uh it kind of just naturally evolves from there.
0: And you know, I think something about that too. I think that's a really amazing exercise to go through as a newly engaged couple, thinking about who you are as a couple and who you want to be when you're married, and you yeah. know, what type of host that you want to be. And I think that oftentimes i think you can feel a lot of pressure to immediately dive into making all of the big decisions you know getting a date getting a venue because there's this traditional process and because everybody is asking you for all of the specific details and i think taking a step back and really kind of being guided through that process that you take them through is so important and i think really just having that type of alignment, you're going to make the right decisions for your wedding because it's going to be true to you. And I think also can make it a truly life-giving experience where it brings you together as a couple. And that can often be really the first time that you start thinking about who do we want to be as husband and wife or wife and wife or husband and husband. And I think that's a really amazing process that you take them through. I love that.
1: Yeah. One of the things I always try to ask them to is say like, okay, let's set aside mom and dad's expectations. Like if you got to call the shots 100%, what would you guys do? Because so often like, you know, they're like trying to, oh, our parents really love Aspen or our parents really love Harbor Island. So we're considering that, but it's like, yes, they're oftentimes the pain party but like, let's talk about what you want. Like no bars held, what is like the perfect case scenario for just the two of you? And more often than not, I learn a lot in those instances because there's like not, you know, kind of all all the guardrails come down and they get to just be like, in a perfect world, we'd get to do this. You know, we would have, you know, a really casual ceremony and then like a blowout party, you know, obviously mom wants the formal dinner with the China and the live band that's doing, you know, a jazz ensemble. And like, kind of cool, like let's hear both and then let's find a way to combine the two where everybody's happy, you're getting the experience that you want. Because so often I feel like we do these formal weddings that feel very um, curated, but I'm like, let's also make sure they're really fun too. And combine all of that together.
0: So, yes, that's incredible. And I think that to me, that's one of the great things that has happened since COVID. I think obviously COVID really shook up events. And I think since then, It's given people a lot more permission to do something unexpected, to not follow this set formula where they're inviting the same 400 people that their brothers and sisters all had at their weddings. Really, they're thinking about themselves as a couple and just having you there to guide them through that and to be their advocate is incredible. So with the wedding planning process, so once you kind of get more closer to the day, one of the things that you are known for is your incredible flat lace styling, both for weddings, but also you are an educator. You do styling for brands. I have gotten to see you style in person several times. It is (laughs) truly remarkable. It is just very, very inspiring. So I would love if you could walk us through a little bit about your process and if you have any tips for just creatives that are wanting to improve on really storytelling through those detail photos
1: absolutely the flat lay thing is so funny to me because I never sought out to be this like flat lay guru I remember seeing a photo on Pinterest of I don't even know what a flat lay was at that point but a flat lay and being like oh that's cool like you know, we've, I've never done that before. And this was way before flat lays were super, super popularized. And I remember at a wedding being like, hey photographer, I'm gonna like set up the invitation. And I remember they were like, set it up. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'll have it ready. I'll just bring it over to you. And I like handmade my own boards. And I brought them over and they were like, whoa, like this is crazy. And I was like, this is really fun. And they're like, I would just like go into town. And I remember being like, oh shoot, like, I need to stick to the timeline but I was so into it and they were so well received that after that I was like okay cool from now on every wedding we're doing this and I think it was right as those the flat lays were gaining popularity so it was kind of like a right place right time that just opened the door up to this and that's when like the mrs box reached out and getting involved in that was like dreams come true um And, you know, it's so funny to see how that became this kind of defining aspect of my brand without ever thinking that that would become part of who we are. But um, I think for me, like what I've realized the best way to approach these are is really just intentionality. I think so often the ones that feel most dynamic are the ones that like aren't being shot on the ground aren't being shot on a tablecloth but like you know there's forethought you know obviously as the designer I know what the invitations look like I know what the vibes are as a florist I know what product I need is so I'm able to like curate all of the necessary pieces um you know if you're the photographer if you're not the florist if you're not the designer but you are in charge of doing them I think having a plan as far as like reaching out to the florist and being like, hey, I'm gonna be doing flat lays. Can I get some product from you? Or making sure that you have um, boards or backdrops that are um, in line with the color palette and the vibe of the event. So that way your flat lays feel very intentional and feel very cohesive. I think that first and foremost is kind of the, the forethought is the best thing you can do to create great flat lays. You know day of if you're running around trying to find oh we need a pillow and we're gonna put the invitations on that but it's not big enough and oh we don't have flowers it's like okay they're gonna look haphazard and so it's at the intentional things ahead of time talking to the bride asking her what she's planning to bring what she has to provide if she doesn't have something i can't tell you how many times i've had a bride be like oh we went for comfort over like pretty for shoes and then i'm like great I'll pick something up and we will literally flat lay a shoe. Don't tell anyone that she didn't, it doesn't even wear, but like, you know, it's like, okay, this is part of my brand. Now I have to deliver. And she's wearing like, you know, flats. I'm like, I'll I'll try to find something that feels cohesive. We've done it before. And, you know, less so we, do we have to do that anymore? But, um, and then I think it all just comes down to balance and layering um, and going for in my opinion now, a less is more approach. At the height of flat lays, everyone was putting like every spool of ribbon, every perfume bottle, a pair of scissors, a microphone, not a microphone, a magnifying glass. It was like any prop you could find that felt vintage gold and frilly. And now I think the striking ones are the ones that are very edited, that have a lot of intentionality of like one accessory, one additive, maybe one bloom. Like those are the things, you know, and most people aren't gonna look at me and be like, wow, he's not exactly the king of less is more. But in this instance, um uh, with flat lays, that's where I'm gravitating towards. That's I think the striking images that really focus on intentional layering, intentional um pieces, not just like a explosion of props. That's for me where it's what it's all about right now.
0: That is such Good advice. And, you know, I think honestly, being able to put together a more thoughtful and intentional flat lay is more conducive to a real wedding day experience because so many of the explosion of everything type photos that you're talking about, I think are done at styled shoots when maybe Totally. A stylist has one hour to put together one image, but on yeah. a wedding day, that is not the best use of anyone's time. So yeah. I think that also, to me, really is a better experience. And I think, I mean, how you really, for you, you're the one that's doing the design and styling, so you have a very high level understanding of what totally. the wedding's going to look like. But not every wedding the photographer, the planner is working with someone like you. So yeah. I think your advice about really going in with a plan, you know, as an example for photographers, reaching out, knowing what the bride's attire is in advance, knowing what her dress is, reaching out to the planner, to the florist, getting those design boards so that you really know what the overall scope from an a art direction perspective will be. Yeah. Just allows you to be so much more intentional with the way that you really creative direct the entire day but especially with the flat lays and i just love how you have bought shoes for brides before to photograph i mean that is going above it's going above (laughs) and beyond in every way and i mean again that is why you are so amazing at what you do that you really care about creating this really beautiful story of the entire day and yes they want to wear those comfortable flats or sandals and you won't see them in the dress that's fine but we also don't need to be photographing them so and for couples is there any advice that you give them about what type of details to curate so you know heirlooms that they maybe are trying to bring into their day from their grandparents or things like that Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I I think I always try to tell them, like, let's prioritize, again, that less is more approach. I've had some brides that, like, bring me, like, a crate, and it's like, this is my grandfather's handkerchief, his watch, his glasses, his favorite cologne, and it's like, okay, no, we're trying to, like, honor, like, someone important in your life, things like that, but, like, at that point, you know, it just becomes way too much, and it just becomes cluttery, and it's not, is cluttery a word? cluttered <laughs> and it just it becomes less important less impactful so I always tell them hey if there's important things let's really prioritize like at the most like two or three of those things and so that way the things that we're honoring really get an opportunity to have a place that is like honorable as opposed to it just being like a collage of stuff and so a lot of times bridals will be like well what do I need you know for these flat lays, if I don't have something that's maybe an heirloom piece. I'll be like, hey, let's prioritize, you know, shoes, jewelry, perfume. I don't need a lot more than that. And sometimes they have those pieces, you know, they'll always typically have shoes and jewelry because they're gonna have their engagement ring. We'll probably have a wedding band. Sometimes they don't have perfume and I'm not like forcing them to have anything. Like if, if it's a wedding that I know has really good details and the shoes aren't great, like I said. Sometimes I will bring those in, but I'm not trying to like create a a lie in a flat lay. But um, yeah, I think just the communication of that and let's get the pieces that really, really matter. And sometimes that's just the shoes and a ring and that's great. You know, that's an opportunity to do something very clean and very simple, but still quite beautiful. We love to throw in like the veil or, you know, things that are part of it um, if those pieces exist and that's plenty. You don't have to have, you know, six bracelets, three rings, earrings, all of the things. Like sometimes brides are up simpler accessories and that's, that's wonderful.
0: So for me, what I get from you is, a lot of intentionality, intentionality. And I think that is really a key to your entire ethos as a brand. And I know that your favorite quote is by Ralph Lauren. And it says, what I do is about living. It's about living the best life you can and enjoying the fullness of life around you from what you wear to the way you live to the way that you love. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means to you?
1: Absolutely so growing up my mom I think I pretty much wore like whatever like Ralph Lauren kids brand like or whatever it is almost exclusively and I remember always feeling like so overdressed but it like instilled in me I think a love as I got a little bit older a love of intentionality in the way that we present ourselves and for some reason I remember like I had like the the teddy bear sweatshirts and the little um, like penny loafers and all that. And I remember always been like, I look like an old man, but it was always Ralph Lauren clothes that I was in. So Ralph Lauren has been someone that like I've loved forever. Um, not just his clothing, but just his general air and aesthetic from his the design of his stores to his like home collections and just what he's put out has been so timeless and really hasn't changed over the you know, 40, 50 years he's had a brand. And that to me is something that I love. And I remember um, just doing some research on him when I was ultimately kind of establishing Caleb Norman James as a brand and really seeing him as an icon um, within my personal inspiration. And I stumbled across that quote and I remember Like reading it and being like, that is exactly what it is. Because to me, like what I do as a wedding planner is in my hope and desire so much more than just about the wedding. Like we're helping a couple establish the rest of their lives together. And obviously the wedding is one day, but what we want to do is help usher our clients into the rest of their life being Beautiful and the rest of their life being very intentional. And when he said what he does is about living, I was like, exactly. Like, it's not just about the flowers on the table, it's not just about the live band, it's about establishing like a beautiful foundation that the rest of their life together comes from. And so, reading that, it was like what he said was just like a realization or a revelation, if you will, of like it all has to flow together like that it all has to be about i think the bigger picture like I said the the way you live the way you love what you eat like it all comes together it's not just like individual pieces they're all intertwined and interwoven to create this experience that is life and i was like that's what i want and of course it was ralph that said it you know he's my my icon in life so yeah.
0: Well, and I think so much of that has translated to you. I mean, even seeing your beautiful home that you're in. I mean, you have Hermes, you have John Darien, you have these <laughs> go- gorgeous textures and tones and, you know, you you really have such a distinctive personal brand and style that I think I can that. really be translated from your wedding work to your beautiful home to all of your international travels i mean i know that when you are traveling i probably have a entire folder's worth of screenshots <laughs> that i take every likewise. time <laughs> oh my
1: God, likewise.
0: anywhere you share i'm immediately saving to be somewhere beautiful that i want to oh, return God. to and you just have that vision that really translates i think so well from your personal life to your brand oh, thank you uh, you're welcome. So going along with that, how, how do you seek inspiration?
1: I mean, without a doubt, it is, as you've just kind of talked about, it's when I travel, travel is, is like the biggest inspiration in life. Cause I love experiencing a culture that is different from mine. I love getting outside of Seattle and being like, this is how other people do it. This is how other countries do it from the food to the architecture to um, the way people dress to the way they carry themselves. Like to me, experiencing another culture is by far the biggest inspiration that I get in my life. Um, fashion, I would be remiss if I didn't say, plays a huge inspiration in what I do. Architecture, obviously, I probably said it too many times at this point. Like architecture forever inspires me. Like I will be walking down the street in Paris. And I was just there with uh, our mutual friend, Tori, a few weeks ago. And literally like every five minutes we were like, oh my God, that door, are you kidding me? And we actually were with our clients and they were like, you guys really like doors. <laughs> and they are like, you don't understand? Like every door is so unique and it's so ornate. And it's like, that is probably a door to like a garbage chute and it is so beautiful. Like, and I just like, I, I could wander you know Paris or Rome whatever beautiful city it is and I will find inspiration around every corner like I have this thing about when I if I drink a cocktail like it needs to be in like the right glass and there is an experience about like a cocktail in a really beautiful glass that's like oh it just tastes better and like that's like traveling it creates those opportunities where you're just like oh it's just it's you know, if I'm going to my, my local restaurant down the street, they probably don't really care what glass I'm in. But when I'm in these beautiful places, it's like, oh, they just, it's like, I feel seen, I feel known. And that is forever and always my biggest inspiration. Um, I think beyond that, it's people, people inspire me, you know, my family, my friends, people I meet on the airplane, people I meet in the airport lounge, like just talking to people and kind of experiencing how they see things which is different the way i from the way i see things my clients and what it is that they want like some of the best weddings we've done the ideas and inspiration haven't directly come from me you know a bride will be like oh my god i want to do this crazy thing and i'm like where did you get that idea that's amazing let's go for it you know people inspire me and i i have i'm higher energy i am very extroverted And I don't necessarily need a lot of like down, personal alone time. And uh, I think that's because people just feed me. Like people give me life. Some people don't. But, you know, most people, (laughs) um, it just like it's, it's the beautiful people in the world around me that inspire me. And I get to learn from people. I get to expand my horizons. And that is like the greatest inspiration in life.
0: That's incredible. And you know, I think it's just for you, it seems like it's this 360. I mean, you're even talking about travel and enjoying the glass a cocktail is served in. And back fast, you know, rewind to when you were in college and you were wanting to do architecture for luxury international hotels. So, I mean, it's just like you have all of these passions that have clearly (laughs) been really just interwoven throughout your life and story, and you've brought them all together so beautifully. And I mean, even, as you said, thinking about those cocktails, how then do you translate them to weddings? And I mean, to me, I think when you are traveling and when you are really being inspired by what's around you, that's when you come up with the best ideas. So, I mean, I think for me, that's one of the best things about doing destination weddings is that you're really able to be inspired by the sense of place that you're in, in this new culture, these amazing people. And I mean, I often will tell photographers that, you know, people that are used to working in their five or 10 same local venues, and they are constantly thinking about, okay, how do I make this look even better than it actually is? But when you have the privilege to be working in these incredible historic monuments if you will I mean it's actually really how can I do this place justice how can I celebrate this culture story and I think that's just you know really important to always find the time to invest in yourself and you know with that with the destination weddings and with how much you travel so are there any destination wedding trends that you've been seeing or that you're specifically excited about
1: you know, I, trends are one of those things that like, you know, it's like a love and hate, right? Because sometimes the trends line up with what you are loving. And sometimes you're like, wait, why have we gone in that direction? Um, I will say I don't pay super, super close attention to like trends. Because um, more often than not, I'm like, I want my work to feel timeless. And trends make generally like make me nervous, particularly from like a design standpoint. But I think one of the trends in general that I'm loving right now is kind of a a little bit of sense of irreverence to like really intense tradition. And not to say that there isn't a beautiful place for tradition, but I think people, and we talked about this a little bit already, like since COVID, people have kind of like come to the realization of like we can kind of do what we want and prioritize what's important to us. You know, I have clients that are like, yeah, we don't wanna do um, a traditional, you know, sit down meal of like beef, fish or vegetarian. We wanna do like a culinary experience. And we wanna do, you know, whatever that may be. Like we had, I had one wedding recently that like they wanted like incredible Asian food. They basically wanted like Din Tai Fung to come in and do everything. So a very beautiful wedding they were not Asian themselves. It didn't necessarily like make sense in the setting, but they were like, this is who we are. So we're going to kind of like skirt tradition a little bit. And I loved that. And, you know, I think we talked earlier about like authenticity and, you know, making sure that the things we're doing reflect where we are. It felt authentic still because it reflected who they were. And I loved that. And so to me, I, I would say that's one of my favorite trends right now is just realizing that not everything has to be this like cookie cutter approach we can change the timeline to be out of order we can do dessert as our first course we can do like all of these things that like people are kind of like oh yeah just because my grandmother didn't necessarily love the fact that we did things out of order doesn't mean we can't do it that way like we can still kind of be ourselves and do what we love the way we want and throw tradition when appropriate to the wind a little bit and that is my favorite trend right now I would say um I also love that people are happy uh, to like and embracing color again like I love a classic white wedding don't get me wrong I will never be sad to do one but like when a client comes to me with like a really fun color palette especially as a florist I'm like this is so exciting. Like, this is so fun because there are so many beautiful flowers that I absolutely love and adore that, like, I don't get to use regularly. And um, when I, you know, have a more colorful wedding, the floral varietals just open up. Um, And one other thought I had, I also love that we're, and this primarily comes with destination work, but I don't feel like there's necessarily a wedding season anymore. For so long in the Northwest, we only did weddings like June through early October. And so as a florist, like early spring flowers are forever and always my favorite. Like what's available right now, I'm like, I crave to work with. And so doing these destination weddings where we have like different climates and more flexibility as to when weddings are happening, that is a trend I love. Seen, you know, and I don't know if that counts as a trend, but a trend for us where, you know, it's kind of like we can still have weddings in March and April and they're still gorgeous, even if, you know, maybe it's not the most perfect weather. And as a florist, if I get to work outside of the heat of summer, I'm so happy. The stress that I have trying to keep flowers alive in the middle of July when it's 100 degrees outside is overwhelming. So when somebody is like, oh, we're going to do April and Positano, I'm like, Sign me up. Like, maybe we'll have to, like, have a rain plan, but worth it. So,
0: and there's nothing better than the spring blooms, too. That product that you can get this season. I mean, reason enough to have a spring wedding. And I, I think, you know, with what you were saying about irreverence, I think one of the things that I have seen really changing with destination weddings is really the importance of the entire weekend of course the wedding day is still the culmination but i've been finding really all of the events leading up to the wedding are getting a lot more importance to them so that really by the time the wedding day arrives there's just this sense of peace and serenity and joy Mm -hmm, that they've already had these incredible celebrations that oftentimes are really beautiful and intentional and designed. They're spending days upon days with their very intimate group of friends and family. And it just really changes the whole dynamic of the wedding day, takes a lot of the pressure off of it, I think, especially for the couple. And really, I think that's something that I've been seeing a lot with destination weddings I just find so so refreshing
1: I couldn't agree more that is such a good point and I think the the wedding weekend concept is brilliant especially for these destination weddings where people are traveling so far to get to like if you just are celebrating for one day it's like no you got to do more like you gotta um, if the opportunity is available like why would you not do welcome parties and fun dinners and a day after you know Those are, that is what makes a wedding to me so memorable beyond just the wedding day itself.
0: Exactly. So Caleb, I know for a lot of wedding creatives, they really want to know how to work with someone like you, how to get on a planner, designer's proverbial list. It's something people are always interested in and asking about. Do you have any tips or recommendations for them?
1: Great question, and I will say it probably is easier said than done and not out of like lack of desire to, for planners to kind of expand their, you know, portfolio of great vendors, but especially for, some you know, an established planner, somebody that's been doing it long, we love the teams that we've built because they're tried, they're true. And they're, it's like a guarantee, you know? Like, I know if I'm working with you, Molly, I'm not like babysitting you to make sure you get detailed photos. Like, I know that you will send me a gallery with like detailed photos of the decor and floral that are like immaculate. So I don't have to like question that. And so it is hard to get on their list. And I think for me, the people that have kind of like made that jump are people that aren't just like, emailing me like hey I'd like to set up coffee with you like not gonna lie like I understand the intentionality behind it but sometimes it is really hard because I travel so much so that when I do have time to like be home like I'm generally not able to or have the time to like fill it with you know grabbing coffee with people because I have a million emails to catch up on I have my own personal friends to see. So it's like that to me is more challenging. I think it's the people that are very intentional on social media and things like that to interact on kind of those smaller scales that make a difference and make an impact to me. Like I remember this one photographer a few years ago, um, basically sent me messages message like, oh my God, I've been following you for a while. Love your work, would love to get to know you as, you know, get to know you more, kind of as time progresses. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And that was kind of the intro. And then periodically, like they would comment on stories, they would comment on um posts and things like that. So there was like a slow familiarity built. And after maybe, you know, however many months of like interacting with them, I was like, oh yeah, I'm great friends with this person. And then I was, and then I was like, wait, I don't think we've ever met. But there was like this familiarity with them that kind of made them someone that I was aware of and kind of like endeared towards without them being like, oh, I want to set up like an hour long, you know, coffee meeting where I can just interview you. You know, they kind of established it was maybe a little bit more of a slow burn, but established this sense of um, familiarity with me that I thought was really nice. And it felt so natural. And so that would probably be my best bet um just because it we do get a lot of emails of people being like I want to work with you and it's like I love that and I'm truly so grateful for that but like it's hard to keep up with that and so a little bit more of like the natural approach to like almost establishing familiarity through social media in those smaller places honestly to me goes a lot further
0: that is such good advice to all listeners it is coming out of the best place but no more cold call emails let's all agree (laughs) no more cold call emails we all we all have to start somewhere and totally understand it comes from a very good place but this is really such great advice kayla i mean just taking the time supporting people being a good person being kind it does wonders over the long yeah. term. And like you said, that is one of the best things about social media is you can Love form it. genuine friendships without having to even necessarily be together in person. Yeah. So I mean, yes, that's us like all we agree did that. to that. Exactly.
1: Like I was a huge fan of you before we ever met in person and like social media created that opportunity so that when we did get the chance to work together, it was like, oh, my best friend, Molly. Absolutely. And I was like, wait, we've never met.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I was giddy. It was incredible. And I mean, you know, Caleb, you're just, you're such a, you're an encyclopedia of knowledge. And I know many of our listeners would love to learn more from you. So with that being said, can you tell us a little bit more about Les Collectifs?
1: Yeah. So Les Collectifs was something that I technically didn't even start, but I developed, if you will. So um, a great friend of mine who is a wedding photographer, Amanda Kay came to me and she was like, I want to do a workshop with you. And I was like, I would love to design your workshop, Amanda. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, I want to do it with you, like our workshop. And I was like, oh, I'm not looking to do a workshop. Like there's a million workshops already. Like, oh, why would we do that? And then she basically was like, I think there's an opportunity for a workshop that is for more than just photographers or more than just like one specific track. Like, what if we had an opportunity to bring people from like multiple disciplines together to kind of do something creative? And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Like I hadn't seen that before. So she like planted that seed and then I kind of developed Lake Lectif into what it is. And it's essentially a very intentionally relationally based gathering over three days for photographers, videographers, Florists, planners, designers, really anybody kind of in those wedding creative roles to come together um, for a mixture of uh, business and creative training that is um, kind of industry wide and then specific training within your uh, track of choice. So, design or photography or videography. And so, the idea is to like come together to help creatives really challenge themselves to grow and to like launch into those more luxury and or destination markets and ultimately really build a lot of community and a lot of networking. We're very relational. Like I want everyone that comes to feel like at the end of it, like, oh, I know Caleb personally. I know the hosts personally. I think we've all attended either seminars or workshops, whatever it may be, where the hosts are very like, they're going to do their presentation, they're going to leave, and you're like, okay, I could have listened to a podcast, um, you know, and it's like, we want everybody to come, we keep it very intimate, we keep it very small, so that way there's a very, like, intense relational aspect to what it is that we do, like, you know, we've had, we do a lot of one-on-one, started, you know, people are crying in their one-on-ones because they're having, like, emotional breakthroughs and seeing what their, like, dreams for their business are, like, actually achievable, and we love that. Like, I want to, like, I I I will know everybody by name, by the end of it. I want to know, like, their businesses. I want to know, like, their heart. And they get a lot of that. And we do some really pretty photo shoots, too. So um, that is like Lactif. And we'll, for next year, are probably looking to do something uh, international, perhaps. Oh,
0: so um, exciting. So
1: it's going to be... It's going to be fun. So that one's in the works for 2024. We're still developing what it is. But, um, you know, social media and all of that will be showing off uh, this year's gathering. Um, so you can follow along with that and then stay tuned for what's coming for 2024.
0: Amazing. And I know several attendees personally who have been to Le Collectif, and they have all said that it has changed their careers and changed their lives oh, I love so absolutely that. everybody make sure you keep an eye out for the 2024 dates because i know it will be amazing and clearly being able to learn from you caleb is a, such a treat and <laughs> such a joy for people Thank um you. This has just been incredible, Caleb. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. I know that many of our listeners are already big fans of yours, but for those who may have just met you, can you tell us where we can follow you and learn more about you?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Instagram is probably the best platform, just at Caleb Norman James. Caleb is with a K, so K-A-L-E-B. And then our website is just calebnormanjames.com. Um, Those are probably the two best spots where, you know, you're going to experience us as a business and then a little bit more of me personally on Instagram as well, too. So check it out.
0: Wonderful. I know I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together, Caleb, and that our listeners will too. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me, Molly. This was so much fun. You are such a delight and I'm truly honored to be part of it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Awesome.